Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, welcome back to the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 352. I'm your host, Jose. Uh, in a little bit of a rush and kind of an oopsie daisy on my end, I accidentally called an episode that it wasn't supposed to be called. So I'm back with a new intro introducing to you the, the foundation for senior living. I've been calling it the Arizona Helping Hands, and it's only because they were back to back when we recorded and we were just you know we're just such a surrounding uh, group of entities of like nonprofits coming our way and it's just so great that we have an uber amount of people who want to be on our episodes it's just sometimes i get a little mixed up when i'm editing and I, that's on me but i am back here to make sure that everything is all clarified this is episode number 352 with the foundation of senior living and with tammy who is wonderful to talk to an incredible individual and and uh, she has a really big heart. I hope that all of you go out to seek every episode and their bio with uh, we provide with every episode. So you can also follow us at Finding Arizona Podcast at uh, all of our links, which is FindingArizonaPodcast.com to our website and Finding Arizona Podcast all under social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we want to know what you guys and who you guys want in next. So please always let us know. You can always find Ray Ray making sure that he, she's always in the shot no matter what and she's always in every episode so you can catch her behind me and uh, I encourage you guys to just again connect with us let us know who you want in next and let us know so that we can become better community members and better connectors for you uh, that every episode has been so incredible and we've got more coming down the pipeline I'm just so surrounded with swarmed with with the uh, people who want to do more business with us and do more uh episodes with us so that being said let's just jump into it episode number 352 with saying this right now the the foundation for senior living i want to make sure that i get this right the organization is a really great uh provider and we hope that you guys always again check and help those links uh in the bio see you on the next episode Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in wonderful guests, and today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, I would love to introduce you um, to Tamara, who is the FSL uh, president and chief CEO. Uh, FSL is a registered 501c organized, uh, organization whose mission is to provide home and community-based service, and develop uh, energy-efficient, affordable housing to promote health, independence, and dignity for all. I love that. It's just lovely reading. And uh, thank you again, Tammy, for coming coming aboard. Well, it's my pleasure to join you and um, talk about uh, FSL and what we do in the state of Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you've just recently started, I believe, as the president and CEO? I am coming up on a year now. It has nice. flown by. So yes, I have known about FSL, oh gosh, for almost 20 years and um, was just really blessed to join the team as the, I call myself the servant in chief um, because I believe leaders, our, our ultimate job is to give our teammates what they need, the resources they need mm -hmm. to um, put our mission into action and serve our participants, our residents, our participants and members. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to go ahead and just ask you this kind of question that we routinely ask everyone is just give us your how you came to this um, particular moment in your life and just kind of, you know, we love to hear the like kind of the origin story of like how you uh, went from just, you know, you're in typical everyday life, uh, probably from college to all the way here and how this kind of came about. Sure, sure. Well, um, I have been working in the nonprofit space for almost 30 years. Maybe even a little bit more now. Um, and I have my degree in journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a California California transplant and oh. uh, love to communicate. I really believe communication is the key and the essence to everything. Yeah. And have just spent my career working for a variety of nonprofit organizations. From I started at a chamber of commerce and worked my way into a health nonprofit And then I got into the faith-based space. And my faith is very important to me. I grew up in a family that um, believed in giving back and Mm -hmm. uh, had parents role model that. So saw that from an early age and decided that was my, that was my path. And moved to Arizona in 2001 and have been in the nonprofit space here the whole time, just um, leading and wanting to find solutions uh, to issues that keep people from, you know, having the fullest life possible. Yeah, absolutely. So you you brought a lot to the table there. And I know I just kind of want to pick at a couple of notes sure. there. And um, California, what part of California? So I grew up in the Central Valley of California, the Central Coast, and then the Central Valley. And I went to Fresno State University. I'm a bulldog. Nice, nice. My wife is from San Diego. So she okay. went to San Luis Obispo. Oh. And so she enjoyed that. And I've never been to that like particular, I've only been um, as far north as San Fran and uh, just been around the area there. So I, I particularly love a lot of the coastal area of California. And I also am a landscape architect. So I very much enjoy the uh, vegetation, all of the trees and all of the different plant life that's out in California. It is beautiful. It is spectacular in different ways that our desert landscape is just as spectacular, but unique. I like to, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. unique, very unique. Um, So let me go ahead and just pick at, you know, you coming and doing the the nonprofit area and just kind of reaching into your kind of area of your parents and just kind of like them instilling that into your life and just kind of give us a little bit, what is, what is that uh, particularly like, you know, where there are a lot of um, places or time in your life, you know, uh, donating your time to different organizations. What did that look like for you? What does the holidays look like for you guys? Do you guys donate your time there? Sure. So um, from the earliest stage, I just remember my mom and dad giving back to the community. And my dad was president of the Chamber of Commerce and was always out, you know, building awareness and, you know, working barbecues and fundraisers, things like that. And I can remember as a young child, my mom would help organize dinners or fundraisers. Mm -hmm. So she was always the decoration queen, I guess you can say, creating the theme. And our house was full of all this spectacular stuff that she would put her time into to make these events um, really, really memorable and stand out. And so, so I have those memories. My dad was an usher at church. Um, he instilled the importance of us tithing and giving of our treasure as well as, as well as our time. So Beautiful. 
as kids, you know, we would do food drives or deliver food baskets. Um, it just, it, it didn't seem, um, it just was part of everyday life. It just yeah. was what we did. It, it, it didn't, it wasn't unusual. We were helping people um, who were our brothers and sisters. So. I love it. That's one of the things that I always kind of, with those types of family, like, you know, those instilled values just don't seem like it's just everyday life. And it's, you know, what you guys do on an everyday weekend basis is just donate your time and your efforts to to helping, yeah, your community. And I always love those, you know, I, I, I know a couple of people like that and, and I, I try and do my best to donate my time. And I always feel like this is particularly important to me when it comes to the nonprofit side that comes into our our podcast is I, I love saying like, yeah, like that's how, particularly I love helping out in the, in the sense of hearing the stories and understanding the mission. And yeah, so thank you again for, for giving me insight into that because it's, I think it is important because you're coming from your understanding of your history and, and who you are inside of your, and I love hearing that because this job isn't, just a job it's a passion and so it means a lot to me you telling me this story because i picture my mind like that is that you and your parents uh, barbecuing fundraisers uh, dinners that help others on top of you know you as a child probably going around during the holidays and and just you know donations as you know setting up little um uh things like lemonade stands you know anything and everything and it's just really great to to see that it comes from a place of history and passion and, and instilled values. So, you know, again, I, I really do believe that understanding the story and, and this comes from my own history. Um, I grew up on an Indian reservation. And so that's where my instilled value of like the stories are important. The, the, the people, every person has that like story that they value most. And it's, it's up to us as the listener to, to reach down and ask for it, or at least reach down and, and request, request it and, and hear it, you know, from the, the teller's mouth. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I think that's where this kind of podcast kind of comes into my values is just uh, everyone deserves a chance to be heard. So thank you. Oh, uh, I, I'm grateful that you're giving me this opportunity, but I love your message. And I think what's really important is everybody has gifts. So yeah. they may they may be able to go out and be like my mom and create these spectacular fundraising events, or they may be someone who can visit, be the, you know, work on the program side of nonprofits. And that's, oh man, I've worked with some amazing folks and work today with some amazing folks. I could never do that. Yeah. I love telling the stories. I love raising the resources, but to be able to do what uh, my colleagues do to actually help to bring the mission alive. So everybody, to, to me, I love that you do this podcast because everybody has different gifts Yeah, and, and maybe you'll recognize them in listening to my story or your, another guest story. So thanks Thank for, you. thanks Thank for um, putting this out there. Absolutely. I think that's wonderful to kind of, yeah, I, I, I recognize it. I take the moment to recognize it too. Every time I finish an episode, it's just like, again, it's, I, I kind of let everyone on the insights, like I really do appreciate every guest because it's really time out of their day and, and just really, it, it takes a lot of effort for them to just come in and, and want to 
divulge is the word as I like to say. Um, and so it's it's important though, I think, to have someone who cares enough to listen. And I'm that person and I really do value my own uh, uh, spot, like my my where I'm at. So uh, I don't take it for granted and I really do value every story. Oh, I love it. Love it. Uh, so let's let's move forward. Um, I I would love to understand the the strategic planning behind a lot of um you know kind of this aspect of where you come from and and that's something that kind of comes up in a note of mine and just who you are. Is strategic planning has always been kind of a gift and something that you're passionate about. I'd love to understand more about that. Like what in itself is something that you get from it like where does like what's is it is it happiness is it a joy is it uh is it like something that you get fed from the strategic planning sure so maybe 15 years ago i met this incredible person her name is karen marin and she did strategic planning for the Diocese of Phoenix. And mm -hmm. I worked for a school and she did a strategic plan for our school board. Okay. And I was fascinated at just how she was able to take this group of people who met monthly and had a passion of the school. Maybe we all had different ideas, mm -hmm. but she in a three session period got us all on the same page and working toward it. It just was amazing to me. So at that point, I was just curious and I would pepper her with questions and realized I, I wanted to do some of what she was doing just because she helped people put their arms around what was in front of them and how to create solutions going forward mm -hmm. um, and have a plan. And it didn't stop there. She had suggestions. I think one of the reasons I love strategic planning so much is it's a plan, but if it sits in a file folder in your desk drawer and a file on your computer that you never open up, it's not really doing you any good. So mm -hmm. it's, it's the accountability piece. So you've got this plan and then how do you revisit it and how do you change and tweak it? Maybe yeah. um, what you said you were going to do six months ago isn't relevant anymore. I think about all the strategic plans that were out there and then March of 2020 hit and I think everything shifted. So, so for me, it is, um, I, I, I'm solutions focused and strategic yeah. planning helps you focus on those solutions and really see, see the impact of, of your plan, of your work, of your mission. Mm -hmm. And, um, anyway, it was Karen Merritt who kind of lit that bug in, in me. So shout out to her. She's a fabulous yeah fabulous lady. And then I took a couple classes. I read, I'm a big believer in, I try and read 20 minutes each day, something new oh, yeah, nice. um, to help me to learn, you know, that lifelong learning aspect. Absolutely. And um, I, I've had a couple opportunities to give back and donate my time to lead strategic planning for a couple nonprofits and a couple fundraising groups, just so they can get on track. If you're yeah. struggling and you don't know what to do, you know, let's do a SWOT analysis. Let's, um, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses, opportunities, threats? And yes. you build it from there and, and then you work the plan. It's, there's a, there's a saying, I'm not going to get it right, but uh, uh, a wish or a hope, <laughs> 
without a plan. It's just, it's just that it's a wish, but mm -hmm. if you put actions and, you know, steps, what am I going to do? How am I going to guide? How am I going to follow up and include other people? Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's the other key pieces. Yeah. That's what I think I loved about the strategic planning processes that I've been through. You bring people together. They might not have realized that they had common ground or common interests or, um, that they could, you know, they come from two totally different departments or two totally different worlds, but they're coming together for a common reason. So yeah. it just draws people together. You know, community is so important. Um, it just, to me, it's the backbone of everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think strategic planning helps strengthen the communities um, that they serve and the communities that are doing the serving. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you brought to the table here today is just something very, very value in in my heart is just, again, um, one of the basic needs that humans of every shape, size, and color need is a home, is a, is a place to call the, for their for themselves. And <clears throat> I'd love to just kind of... Um, pivot just a little bit back to FSL and, sure. and just thank you again. And, and you brought up 20, the March of 2020 and just love to understand what happened to FSL during that time of the pandemic. What did you guys have to do to allow yourselves to be here today? Sure. Well, I wasn't with the team then. Totally fine. I certainly have certainly heard and witnessed and, and, have a good understanding because we're, we're coming out of it. We're still coming out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we run three adult day health centers. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people might think, okay, that's adult daycare. It's not adult daycare. It's medical model. It's a place where someone who has a chronic illness, who's aging, uh, uh, a neurodivergent um, condition, can go and have socialization, have medical care, restorative therapy, mm -hmm. and it gives their caregiver a break too. Yeah. Um, so, so we had to we had to pause all three of those centers. Wow. And um, it impacted. We, you know, we had to sh quickly shift, check in virtually. Um, we had a large home care program that we paused. It's still on pause, and we're trying to determine now. Okay. What do we do? How do we how do we do that? Because coming out of the pandemic, you know, people worked remotely. Mm -hmm. About two thirds to three quarters of our workforce at FSL are team members. They can't work. They can't work remotely. Their hands on their direct care staff yeah. at our centers or at our behavioral health homes. So um, the hiring crisis has definitely impacted us. And um, we've shifted um, and how we're inviting people to come join our team. You know, we want passionate members um, to who who can relate to our core values to come yeah. be a part of a part of what FSL's mission is and delivering that. So so we had to pause those programs. They're back. All three centers are open. I'm really wonderful. Pleased. They're all open. Um, our our homes are going there. They're licensed medical uh, facilities, so mm -hmm. we take We still take precautions, and all of our our um, team members wear masks, and we invite our participants, you know, whatever their comfort level is. But we're still very um, 
cognizant and aware of not just COVID, but this winter, the flu and RSV and, you know, life is, we're never going to go back to life before 2020. Um, I think we're just more aware of the benefits of, you know, some, sometimes the, the issues are that bacterial, like, again, it's just a face mask will help and certain other strategies, um, you know, cleanliness, all of these things, we're just more aware of it. And so I don't think we're going to allow ourselves to be, um, forgotten of the that time right. and so i think that strategically um you know instilling some of those certain values or certain things that we were used to you know either with the maybe face mask or you know sanitization um all of those types of things that you know we're never going to go away from i think that's just an understanding that is just going to be put into and have to be restructured into every business, every uh, interaction, sort of speak, you know, those types of um, understandings. But I do think that you brought something that I would love to talk about is when adding a team member, and just those core values, some of the things that um, love to just kind of understand is those uh, four areas that are essential to FSL or like the safe, safe home, nutritious meals, um, health and wellness and education. Um, can you give us a little bit more understanding of those four and what they sure. bring? Sure. So, so we deliver about 20 different programs across the state of Arizona. We cover the whole state and um, they all fall into one of those four pillars, or maybe they're in, they live in both pillars. So our state yeah. homes, FSL since the eighties has been a provider, a nonprofit developer of affordable housing. And we have actually about a thousand units across the state I think 25 different properties and they're focused on affordable housing for seniors. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a couple projects that have room for um, folks who have neurodivergent conditions such as Mm -hmm. autism or, you know, some cognitive, um, cognitive challenges. And um, anyway, these affordable housing is a huge it's a huge challenge in our state. We're, yes. We lack 270,000 affordable housing units. You know, you can't pass a day without hearing or reading something about homelessness. And what's what's concerning to me is the, the high number of seniors who mm-hmm. are falling into homelessness. They're, mm-hmm. they're just, their income isn't allowing them to live as our rents rate, right, you know, increase. So affordable housing has has been a passion from the start and it continues to be a passion. And FSL wants to be a part of that solution to find and create more affordable housing. And it's not just the housing at FSL. Um, We really, we want to add that extra layer to uphold someone's dignity and respect with love and compassion. Mm -hmm. And that means providing services and connecting with our residents, our participants and members. So affordable housing falls under that safe homes. We also have 17 um, homes throughout Maricopa County and we operate, it's a behavioral health program. So folks join us and they have a diagnosis of serious mental illness and we work with them to give them the skills that they need so that possibly they can live independently. Um, So it's providing that safe home. And then also in our safe homes category is we do a lot of energy efficiency and weatherization programs for multifamily homes as well as individual homes. Nice. So many of the programs are income qualified. You um, talk to your city or town, 
Um, APS, SRP are, are big supporters. Southwest Gas are big supporters of that. They, they work with us um, and we provide energy efficiency and weatherization programs. And one of my, this is why it falls into safe homes and why it's so important. Uh, a mom got a new uh, air conditioner through a program that FSL operates and is funded by county county dollars, state dollars, and the utilities. So yeah. we partner with everybody. Partnership yeah. is key. Um, she got this new um, air conditioning unit for the first time. And as long as she could remember, her, her energy bill was no longer $800. So she could afford to buy school clothes for her children, backpacks, all of that. So that's the... To me, we made our home safe. We made yeah. um, to energy efficiency and weatherization. If you're a senior and you have COPD, so a lung issue, mm -hmm. and you don't have an energy efficient home, you might have to go to the hospital a couple times a year. So if we invest and we get a new air conditioner, weatherize, make that home energy efficient, we're mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna make that home healthy, and that person's yeah. not gonna go to into the hospital as often. Um, so that's our safe homes program. Our, our nutritious meals is we run senior centers in Peoria and Wickenburg. And part of those senior centers, besides the socialization is we offer congregate meals mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. Um, and it's socialization, a healthy meal that's affordable yeah. for a senior. Um, we never turn anyone away if they can't make that small donation. And um, we also do home delivered meals. Aww. So we, and we saw a huge rise in the pandemic. We'll take us back to early pandemic times. I think in Peoria, the requests for food from those home delivered congregate and their food pantries at all that site rose 120%. Wow. So, so really think about how you operate. There's, you know, we get that saying that's been going around that where I'm hangry. <laughs> I haven't eaten, so I'm a little hangry. Well, <laughs> or you get lightheaded. So we want to make sure our seniors are taken care of and they that they have healthy and nutritious meals that yes. they're not, you know, all they can afford is fast food or something that's got high fat or high sodium. Um, because let's face it, as we age, our our health becomes key. Uh, conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes, are you know they're they're more prevalent yes. um, so that's Absolutely. our that's our nutritious nutritious meals component and then our health and wellness that's just our our community-based and our um our home care programs so we provide nurses to go into the homes of ventilator patients mm -hmm. you know ventilator patients need eyes on them 24 7. Yes. so we have nurses that go in and take a shift, give a caregiver relief, allow a caregiver to have independence, maybe stay working and uphold the dignity and respect with, again, love and compassion. You're gonna hear that a lot from me yeah. for the folks who are participants in that program. Our adult day health centers, we call them recreation because it's a place to go have recre recreation. You can recreate your life. It's just, they're amazing facilities. Yeah. Um, that's all about providing health and wellness. And then we work with Dignity Hospital. We partner with the Dignity Health Hospitals and we run a program called Activate, 
where we work with people who are underinsured or uninsured. And as they exit the hospital with a certain condition, our social workers work with them to make sure they have the durable medical goods. They have everything they need to stay healthy mm-hmm. and not go back into the hospital. So that's, that's one of our amazing, amazing community health and wellness programs. And then we also have a, um, program called care by design Mm -hmm. and that falls into our caregiver support and that community health and wellness so during the pandemic we pivoted and we worked those care by design um coordinators really worked with people to find um, rent utility and mortgage assistance Mm -hmm. and i'm really proud that through partnering with a lot of different organizations and government um, funds we distributed just last year $15 million to people um, to help them continue to survive um, as we moved out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So Care by Design, a goal this year, a strategic goal this year is to shift back into that care coordination. Mm -hmm. So say you have a loved one that has recently been diagnosed with dementia or maybe COPD, Mm -hmm. or you've got a loved one who has a traumatic brain injury, any, any type of caregiving um, concern you have, you can call FSL and talk to one of our care by design coordinators. They're going to, they're going to help you find resources, whether it's through FSL or another community partner in, in the areas that we serve. That's, that's our gift to the community and it's important to us. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a silver tsunami that's hitting us across the United States. And what, what that means is that by 2030, the last baby boomer will be 65. Okay. So think about that huge, the baby boom, that huge piece of our population are all going to be 65 and above. Typically in the U.S., there's always been this great number of youth coming up behind that that part of the population has always been the larger percentage. Mm-hmm. So by 2035, it's going to be the first time in the population of the U.S. that that's going to shift. There are going to be more people over the age of 65 than there are under the age mm. of 18. So that group of folks who could come in and be caregivers or those helping, um, you know, uh, roles that are out there. We don't have as many people to fill them. Fill them yeah. So it's a challenge. We need to figure out what do we do? So our care by design is a way we want to gather resources. We want to see what, what do our communities need so we can, we can provide those services or come together with partners and create, create those opportunities. Yes. So with that silver tsunami that's hitting on affordable housing, um, I think FSL is really um, well positioned to continue to serve the state of Arizona as we um, as we grow in age and yeah absolutely well um, I mean that's a I, it's just incredible to hear that like I mean as you stated there is a ticking <laughs> ticking tsunami coming towards us and right. the fact that you have the wherewithal to like see that in the bigger picture alongside the many plates that you spin on a daily basis is just incredible because <clears throat> there is going to be that need and you're going to have to um strategically build FSL to the point where it's going to be able to 
with with stand and withhold something like this big tsunami coming our way. Right. Um, so I wish you luck. And I, I again, I, I have nothing but the highest regards for you there at FSL. And I appreciate everything that you've given us here today, because you've given us so much insight into the world that you participate in. And that is something that I find very interesting and very, um, again, it's, it's important to hear. So I'd like to kind of steer our conversation towards the future and just give sure. us a little bit of um, uh, guidance in what the goals are for not only 2023, but just kind of uh, maybe a five or 10 year plan because you are a planner and a strategic one, what that may be looking like and what you're trying to build to. Sure. Well, we, we, again, I've talked about affordable housing. We hope to continue to build more units of affordable housing. There's a yeah. need yes. and, um, that that's key key for us and then to have the services available so we want to help people live independently for as long as they can right um and we know that 87 percent of seniors want to live independently and stay in their own homes so we want to have services that allow them to do that whether it's our home health services whether it's our recreation programs whether it's our care by design but it's it's to allow someone to live independently, there's that caregiver, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to um, continue to grow our caregiver resources. Yes. And I would encourage folks um, to do that. We need to create more awareness of FSL. We've got some great resources that are all free um, on our website because here's the challenge. And this is a quote from Rosalind Carter. Mm-hmm. There are only four kinds of people in this world. Those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregivers. So for me, as we work to look at FSL's future, we need to make sure we're taking care of the caregivers who are taking care of um, people who who need that care. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard work. And it, it could be in a variety of situations. It's through our nutritious nutrition programs. It's through our affordable housing. It's through our energy efficiency and weatherization programs. It's mm-hmm. through programs like Activate. Um, it's through helping people see housing is healthcare. So an exciting program that we're launching this year um, with, uh, with funds from the Holly Family Foundation, um, the Diana Bruce Holly Foundation, uh, is called change and we're embedding a navigator in one of our affordable housing communities so that they can work with the residents there and make sure are you taking your blood pressure mm-hmm. your glucose are you eating healthy are you yeah. active that kind of thing so we're yeah. trialing that and we're working with um an uh, asu that we're going to do some research and some evaluation um, we're very excited about that because if we can create a model where we could embed a navigator in each of our affordable housing communities mm-hmm. and offer it for other affordable housing communities. So so again, we're all about um, making sure those you love can live independently. Yeah. And it looks differently for um, everybody. So um, that's, we we just want to, we want to listen. You talked a lot about listening. We yeah. want to listen. What are the needs of our, our in the communities that we serve, and how do we come to the t- table to find solutions to meet those needs? 
That's wonderful. Thank you so much again for allowing us to just take a peek behind the curtain and and giving everything to us um, in a digestible kind of like 30, 40 minutes here. But again, I, you know, again, I think I've always been an advocate for listening and I think it's important now more than ever, especially in a time after COVID. Um, I've, I kind of said there was a silver lining in this where a lot of people took the time to look inward, not only at their business, but at themselves. Um, that that time where we pause, I think a lot of people had that opportunity to look inward and and, and value and appreciate um, what what is going on in the world. Um, so I, I hope that in a sense, a lot of people came out of it as wanting to give back and help. And and that's where I where I stand too. Is I've always wanted to help in my own way, and and this is one of them. But allowing myself more time and opportunity to be more hands on, um, in in certain areas, uh, I have been trying my best and 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 volunteering and doing things like that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's best to for me to like just say, Hey, look, I have this and this is fun. And this is a, a great conversation to have with you, Tammy. Well, I am grateful for the opportunity and thank you for taking that inward look and doing all the things that you do. And for, for not only listening, but providing that role model for listening. So one of my favorite things that I learned, it wasn't too long ago. We have two of these and one of these for a reason. I love it. You need to rely more on these. Yes. So, yes, Jose, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Tammy. And uh, before we go, I always give the opportunity to let every, um, prom, you know, business nonprofit promote yourself. Let us know where we can find you um, on, on the website or in a physical address, a phone number, anything event wise that you want to promote. This is your chance to really sure. give, give FSL everything. So go ahead, Tammy. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Well, you can always find us at FSL.org. All kinds of information there, um, 602-285-1800. If you've got a question, you want to talk to one of our Care by Design coordinators, we have an opportunity. If you really have, if we've piqued your interest and you want to learn more, on March 22nd, we have our Hope in Motion event. So yes. one is a breakfast, one is a lunch. It is a free event. It is our job to inspire you to want to get more involved and invest in FSL. It's an hour long. It's um, held at the Phoenix Country Club. So you can call that number. There'll be information on our website. But I personally would love to invite all of uh, Finding Arizona podcast listeners to come to Hope in Motion on March 22nd, 2023. Thank you, Tammy. I appreciate it. And before we go, ladies and gentlemen, we always do our little outro here. You can hear every episode at our Finding Arizona podcast website. And we make it easy for everyone to listen to us. It's all under Finding Arizona uh, social media wise. And last but not least, we always say kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends here. And we will always see you on the next episode. Have a good night, y'all.